Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of said co-hosts. Today we watched episode 2 of Stardust Crusaders, entitled Who Will Be the Judge. This covers chapters 117, or rather finishes 117, because if you recall we left off kind of halfway through it last time, mm. through to 119 of the manga. What the hell is going on? There's a lot going on. We have had... In Japan, there's a lot going on. We've had a school child stabbed in the eye with a pen. I mean, to be fair, he looked like he was about 40. He probably was 40, let's be real. Yeah. He was a delinquent and he got held back a few times. <laughs> hey man, Japan is a tough school system. Mm. Yeah. This show got very bizarre very quickly. Yeah, uh, any any preliminary thoughts? Yeah, so the first two parts, they were pretty mild. This is were just... Were they though? Yeah, that dog with a man's head. Yeah, vampires. Yeah. Uh, ascendant beings. Just hum on. Boiling blood. Yeah, but that was alright. That made sense. This is just off the chain. Because <laughs> there's a chain. Is it? Yeah, Nick is kind of like low-key obsessed with uh, Jotaro's collar chain. Low-key? Come on. Come on. That chain is amazing. It's like... Oh, I it's... thought you didn't like it. At first I didn't, but now I'm like... But ooh. in the 23 minutes you've spent with it since we last talked about it, it's really grown on you? It has, yeah, it has. <laughs> like, the fact that it's not even attached to anything, at first I was like, why isn't it attached to anything? And then I just went, you know what? It doesn't need to be. It's JoJo's. It can just be, you know? <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a statement. <laughs> it's, it's about, like, the chains that bind all of us. Whoa. JoJo is bound to this legacy, huh? Yeah. This genetic... Bond. So after a extensive two, three minute long previously on f- uh, recapping last episode. With some mad music. In the the single last episode. Yeah. Uh, we open in the Kujo house. It's a big old Japanese style home. It's a, like a mansion. Yeah. Like a, there are like ugh. distinct buildings on the grounds. And uh, our, our boy Jitaro is going to school for the oh. first time in a few days. Ah. Oh. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. After he's been in jail. To be fair, they wanted to release him. <laughs> I guess they did kind of want to release yeah. him, yeah. That is true. But he was possessed by an evil spirit. It's true. We had that in the recap. Actually, no, we didn't. We just had the stands, not the evil spirit. Yeah. Never mind. He wasn't possessed by an evil spirit. He was possessed by a stand. Yeah. Or well, he possesses a stand. He is on in possession of a stand, which is in possession of him. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, like midichlorians. You tread a fine line, Liam. <laughs> So yes, he's, he's leaving for school. He's walking out the gate. He's ten feet tall. Yeah. His mum is like, wait, you forgot something. And then she like runs over him. Yeah. Runs over him? She runs over him in the car. <laughs> she runs over him and then just like gets on him and is all like, hey, it's about the kiss. Yeah. Goodbye kiss. Goodbye kiss. Mwah. Smoochy smooch. Have a good day. And he's like, you bitch. How dare you love me? He says, stop clinging to your child already. <laughs> And then she's like, "Oh, Have a good day at school, son. So adorable. And he walks away and is like, good grief. That woman. that phrase we were talking about last week. Yare, yare, does it? <laughs> that woman is intolerable. <laughs> I must leave now. But is, is, he, is she, though? You remember what happens later in the episode? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So he's walking to school and, like, a dozen schoolgirls notice him and are like, Hey, Jojo, Jojo, Jojo. Look, it's Jojo. Oh, it's Jojo. Jojo, sup? What do you want from me, women? <laughs> so he's just walking along silently and they're all like, Hey, Jojo, why were you absent from school for four days? And he doesn't answer. And he's, then He's just there being all like, mm. One grabs his arm and like tries to walk alongside him and he glares at her and she like stops in her tracks and blushes and then another girl basically body checks her and they get in a, a verbal fight. No boobs and ugly yep. start having an argument. They just sh- start shouting that at each other. Jojo keeps walking and then eventually he stops and turns around and yells at them to shut up. 
And then, God damn it, you're so goddamn annoying. I hate women. Fucking schmucks. I need more muscly men in my life. Mm. Where's Joseph? I liked him. He seemed like a cool guy. And then after he yells at them, they just squeal. And he's like, was he yelling at me? No, I think he was yelling at me. And then he's just unamused. And he keeps going. And then the camera slowly pulls backwards. Someone's watching our boy Jojo. He's painting a picture of him on a canvas. got an elaborate easel set up. And we see like ominous shots of it. Wait, was it, uh, all the katakana in this episode has subs? Yeah. Which I thought was, like, very odd. So it was menacing. Yeah, this is literally Flowing up from the ground near this guy. And I was like, okay, cool. Didn't need a sub to tell me that that meant menacing. Yeah. You needed me, back in, like, episode yeah, one. true, true. <laughs> so, this guy, he's, um, he's also quite tall and wide. But I wouldn't say he's quite as wide as Jojo is. No, he's not a human brick. No. Okay. All the Joe stars are basically the equivalent of tanks, right? But given that, this guy's still pretty fucking buff. Yeah, he's pretty... Well, I mean, everyone in JoJo's has, like, an eight-pack. Yeah. That's just a given. Even the normal dudes at school have eight-packs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's kind of par for the course. So this guy, he's wearing a green school uniform with a big white scarf. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, got red hair uh, with, like... Yeah, like sort of cherry earrings. Yeah. They're like uh, little red balls. And also, uh, he's got this big shocker red hair with like a long red fringy thing in front of his face. Yeah, it's a very strange hairstyle. Because it's not quite a fringe, and yet it is. Yeah, it's sort of off too far to the side to be a fringe, but it's coming from the part of his head that a fringe would come from. You can see both eyes. Ooh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We can trust this Chitaro fellow because you can only see one of his eyes. Yeah, well, he's got a hat, doesn't he? And as we all know, in fiction, not being able to see someone's eyes properly is a really good symbol, symbol that they're trustworthy. Yeah, yeah, like the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. He seemed like a cool guy. Well, it's, it's a really common thing in anime, apparently, for... um. Characters who are, have secrets or are otherwise untrustworthy had those, those sort of fox eyes. Fox like eyes? Those, like slits for eyes. Oh, I think that's probably just general people. If they have fox eyes, maybe don't immediately trust them because <laughs> normal people don't have fox mm, eyes. Normal people aren't foxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean though? Those sort of like line slit. No. I'll pull up a picture. Do you mean um, where they're like really thin eyes? Yes, that's what I said. Okay, no. I have no idea. <laughs> Pulling up a picture of an anime character from an old show that's kind of terrible. Like that, all the time. Like that? It Doesn't that just... Oh, like that. That just seems like he's having a good time. But those are his eyes open. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, ooh. Uh, mm. See, that looks more untrustworthy than that. That's the point, though, because he's putting on a front. That's what I'm saying. Oh. It's symbolism. It's not... <laughs> Nick, oh, you, you need to get on, on my level, man. <laughs> Don't you understand analysis? <laughs> Wait, so that's with his eyes open? Yes. And we shouldn't talk about this anymore because it's a visual picture that listeners can't see. <laughs> okay. It was Akaba and Karudo from Get Backers, which is kind of terrible, but I watched it a lot in high school. I have the DVDs of that. Okay. Oh, God, that makes me even worse. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So after that... Yeah, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about his untrustworthy-looking nature and how he looks untrustworthy. Actually, we were talking about how Jotaro has a lot of untrustworthy oh, yeah. symbolism because he couldn't see one of his eyes. But I guess that's meant to simplify how he's like kind of a, a punk. Yeah, he's a bad boy. Yeah, but anyway, this guy. He's watching Jojo, he's doing his painting, and Jojo starts approaching this really big stairwell. It looks like a very Japanese architectural stairway. Mm, it's like on a big bank, big grassy bank. Yeah, and it's got a like a, a an archway at Above the top. It, yeah. yeah. And as he starts going down it, this guy really, like, purposefully holds a red paintbrush over <gasps> the painting of Jojo. Red. And then he slashes across the knee on <gasps> the uh, on the painting. My god. And then on the stairwell, 
Jojo's knee is slashed. What? What? How could this happen? Is it a stand? There's a phrase that you'll get used to in the next few weeks. Uh, this must be the work of an enemy stand. <laughs> is it just whenever anything goes wrong? Pretty much. Joseph drinks poor coffee. <gasps> this must be the work of an enemy stand. <laughs> Eventually they just think they're getting gaslit by these enemy stands and if anything goes mildly wrong in their lives. <laughs> they hear like bad music across the road. What? <laughs> this must be the work of an enemy stand. An enemy bandstand. Oh no. Anywho, uh, Jojo falls. The girls are like, oh no, Jojo's falling. And Jojo's like, oh no, I'm falling. He falls through the air quite a lot. Yeah, he, gets, he gets good ups off that. Yeah, like, I feel like he must have jumped or something <laughs> when he got his leg slashed because he is just up there and then he's like, hmm, time to use my stand. He uses his stand, the purple arm shoots out and it grabs the branches above him and uses that to sort of break his fall. And then uh, he winds up at the very bottom of the stairs. In the grassy embankment, sort of wrapped amongst these branches. Safe. More or less. More or less. For now. Yeah. There's a really good moment when he's, when he's falling, where um, the shot just freezes for a second, hmm. and the katakana will say, falling. <laughs> and then it keeps going. Did you really have to denote that, though? Like, never mind. That's the sound falling makes. <laughs> falling. Yeah. Uh, he's like, okay, uh, I fell. Hmm. Did the tree branches cut my leg and that's why I fell? No, my leg was already cut when I fell. What's going on here? You're a smart one, Joe. You're a smart mm, yeah. one. You've realised that tree branches don't immediately cut legs when <laughs> you're walking downstairs. Unless it's like the old forest from the Lord of the Rings or something. Ooh. Yeah, but that's alive. Hmm. Unless there's something you're not telling me about these trees. Ooh. Ooh. Anywho. Stands. Yep. The girls run down the stand and this guy at the top of the stairs is like, he's able to summon a strong stand because he caught himself in those branches. But my stand is stronger. And while he's saying this, he throws the painting away and it just lands in some tree branches. And then... This is beautiful. After he finishes his sentence, he like waves his brush again and the painting just explodes. It just disintegrates. Yes. <laughs> I was like, is that is that a stand or is that just symbolism? <laughs> it's definitely a stand, though it doesn't really correlate with what he see, we see his stand can do later. Yeah, no. <laughs> Nor does the cut on the leg, frankly. Oh, I guess if it shoots the things out. But, you know, we didn't see that, did we? We just saw a, a spontaneous cut appear. Yeah, but then again, psychic powers. Yeah, but we can see what's making what other people think are psychic powers. Yeah, I powers. guess. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's one of those things you gotta go with, Nick. Roll with it. Okay, alright, alright. We cut to the OP. Da, 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 da. Nope. No. It's like a meow, 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 meow. Lower. I can't do that. Meow. All right. Yeah. Okay. I, I can see that this isn't going to be a loved, beloved bit in this part. Look, there, there wasn't quite the uh, singing that I no. had hoped for. Uh, I guess as we we tend to do, um, I guess I'll ask you to, if you picked out anything obvious in the OP before I sort of get into some stuff that might be relevant. Um, there are some stands. There are. There are five seen in this OP to be yeah. precise. There, there's, there's the nighty man yep. who stabs people with his rapier. I'm a big fan of that character. Yeah, he seems dope, uh, just from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. uh, we see this guy with the red hair. Noriaki Kakuin. Uh, yeah, we see him with his sneaky thing. Hierophant green. Yep. Uh, we see Abdul. Magician's red. With uh, his bird man. We see Joseph with no discernible man. But we, no, he, has, he doesn't have a man, but as, as we saw last week, he has those vines. Yeah. And now we see there's a, there's a, I love one particular action shot in this, where he sort of like shoots the vines out and swings away like like he's swinging on a vine. <laughs> That's, funnily enough. Was, um, were there red vines 
Because there's a shot of Jotaro... Hang on, I'll get to this. The other stand is Jotaro's. Anyway. Yes. Um, there's a bit where Jotaro's, like, crouching down, and we pan down on all these different faces yes. that are all connected that's by very, a red that's vine. That's obviously a shot symbolising, like... All the enemies. No. Or all the friends. No, that's... Shit. That, Shit. Those, those were the faces of Jonathan and Holly and George II and George uh, and Joseph. So it's just the bloodline. Yeah, and uh, also, I guess, the thorny vines symbolise... Um, blood? The bloodline, and also, like, the trouble associated with it. Yeah. And also some stuff that I can't talk about yet. Also, like, um, Joseph's stand, you know, is an obvious through line there with the thorny purple vines. Thorny purple vines. Yeah. If ever there was a euphemism, that's it. So, uh, some other important shots we see in this, uh, if you, unless you have anything else you want to bring up. There's like five different locations in like one shot. Yeah, it's uh, that particular one where they're all walking and then it constantly changes location. Yeah, and it's like desert, Japan, America, London. I don't actually know if any yeah, of them are right, I think but... You, you get in the spirit of it, uh, right? So you are um, projecting some locations onto it a bit. It's just like, look, you may have the right idea. Yeah. Very far away, though. Would you assume that there's probably going to be some travel in this part as a result? I don't know. Both the other parts have had a bit of travel. <laughs> Yes. Fair call. Yeah, I think so. I think there might be a bit of travel. <laughs> uh, there's some other really cool shots. Like our first ones in it, we see uh, in order Jonathan, then Joseph, then Jotaro. And then Jotaro turns to face the camera and his stand shoots out and does some punches. And that is the current protagonist. Just and so you know. Similarly, there's um at a certain key point later in the song, there's mm-hmm. a, a moment where we see Jonathan closing his eyes uh-huh. uh, as he was dying. Ah. Uh, Joseph, eyes still open, tightening Caesar's headband. Uh-huh. And Jotaro, opening his eyes, looking into the camera, symbolising how Jonathan's story is over, Joseph's is continuing, and Jotaro's is just beginning. Huh. Dope. Yeah. Nice. Some good symbolism, isn't that it? That is good symbolism. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this is really just devoted to, um, you know, sweet action shots of these cool stands. Like, half of this is just Jotaro's stand punching. Mm. But also, there is a lot of stuff happening in the background that we're going to be unpacking week by week. Mm. As we have always done and yeah. shall forever do. Uh, another important shot is uh, just before we get to the end, the camera sort of pans upwards through this sort of array of tarot cards yep. that yep. uh, sort of spiral around the camera. Yeah, the and then spinning we, and whatnot. Yep. Then we come up to Jotaro, and uh, he manifests his stand, which sort of glows in energy. <laughs> okay, yep. And he punches sort of a barrier or a wall or a reflection with Dio's image in it. Yes. And then punches it slowly once at first, and then with a massive flurry, and our last shot is of that fist breaking through that sort of glassy barrier. Yep. That happens for a very long time. <laughs> well, there's like a, a sick guitar solo that has to be played out. That is true. That is true. This isn't One Punch Man. You can't just have like a minute intro. You need like a full guitar solo, 100% go for it. it. goes for a minute 30 seconds. It goes for a minute 30 seconds? Yeah. God damn. Damn. It's a good intro length. Oh, similarly, there's also a really good shot, which is not unlike, though there is a visual dis- difference. Remember those shots of the uh, the pillar men being like all line arty and primal? I think so, yeah. Like yeah. where like you'd see the Divine Sandstorm and then... The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a similar one of that with Dio, where it's sort of um, panning up his body and it's all red lines on black background and then it comes up to his uh, eye. Yes. Yeah, yes. I really like that shot. That sort of, I don't know, it symbolises... Anger. Like he's, he's literally just a giant red dude. Well, similarly to how that line out of the Pillar Man show that they were sort of ancient and primal, mm. this sort of, I don't know, speaks to me about, like, um, Dio's infliction on the Joestar bloodline mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that he's something from the past coming back to haunt them. Yeah. I couldn't actually tell... He's pretty unknowable in this part, too. Who, like, Dio? Yeah. Because we're only seeing him, like, in shadow and backlit. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. On that note, our friend, mutual friend Jay, he actually watched part three before part one, so Dio was a big mystery to him. Huh. Because, for the most part, we only really see Dio like in this part up until the end like that. Right. He's this really enigmatic, sinister figure. Yeah. So he's just always in the background, never quite coming into the limelight. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Which gave him a really interesting perspective on then when you see him growing up in part one. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. So instead of being a main figure, he's always relegated to the back and getting his minions to do things. Which Mm. I guess we've already seen already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, man. So, back into the episode. Yes. All the girls are crowding around Jojo at the bottom of the stairs and, like, one of them will say something and then another one will pop out behind her and say something. Oh, this is beautiful. Some good bits. It's like, boy, Jojo, you should be careful around the stairs. Yeah, Jojo, accidents happen all the time. You should watch yourself. (laughs) It starts with, like, the first one coming. It's like, hey, Jojo, you should be careful. And then the second one, yeah, you should be careful. And then the third one, it's like, yeah, yeah Jojo, you should definitely be And they're all coming out from behind yeah. each other. And the last one is like, so you should be careful, Jojo. So next time you should hold my hand when you're going down the stairs. And all the other girls look at her and she's like, yeah. I went in for the kill. <laughs> Jojo just doesn't acknowledge them at all. He really is the epitome of 80s bad boy at this point. <laughs> where he's like, I don't need no ladies. Maybe he's just shy. <laughs> Maybe he just needs a lady to hold his hand, <laughs> open his heart, mm. and not be an arsehole. At this point, the mysterious man from before comes down the stairs and approaches Jojo. He's like, you seem to have cut your leg. There's a lot of <laughs> ominous, dramatic eye contact throughout this conversation. Oh, man. The different, like, uh, there's like a bit where we go on this new guy. Kakuin. Kakuin. kid, That guy. Yep. And he has, like... It's like a just on his face. red strip across his eyes yeah. and green everywhere else. Yeah, like green hue everywhere and then just one line across yeah. his eyes. It's and you're great. like, ooh. So he just holds out a handkerchief. Yeah. And it's all like, yeah. yeah, be a shame if you were to bleed all over those nice pants. Be a shame if this handkerchief had a note on it. <laughs> Jojo takes the handkerchief, although he doesn't bandage his leg with it. Yeah, he's like, be a shame if I didn't bandage my leg with this. Yeah, we see him... Um, Opening his coat briefly, but then the camera cuts away. But I think the implication is then and there, he just puts it in his coat pocket. Yeah, I thought because so. Because later that's what it falls out of. Yeah, I just thought, like, that's where he puts it, but who knows? Who so, knows? thanks for just taking this guy's handkerchief to Tara. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Okay. So, he's like, yeah, I haven't seen you around before. Do you go to my school? I can't like, remember what he says. He says, he introduces himself. Oh. He says, I'm Noriaki Kakuin. Noriaki Kakuin. Yes. Right. Gotcha. Not he... Kakuin. Kakuin. Fucking... Because all the girls are interested in Jitaro. <laughs> Noriaki Kakuin. Yes. Okay. If I don't remember that next week. You'll, he'll... you'll get it eventually. Yeah. He'll probably be mentioned enough mm. that, yeah. Because I don't know if you could tell from the OP, but he's going to be yeah. in the story a, a bit. Yeah. He seemed quite, uh, quite relevant. Yeah. <laughs> he says he's a, he just transferred here yesterday. Oh. Ooh, mysterious transfer yeah. student. Yeah. That's a that's a common storytelling device. That's, that's almost the same as Dio transferring to Jojo's life. <laughs> and then he just leaves. Yeah, literally it's sort of like a I just transferred here yesterday. Be a shame if I were to see you again later. And the girls are like, huh, he's pretty hot too, but I still like Jojo better. Jojo's the cool one. Mm. He seems too aloof. At this point, Jojo puts his hand to his birthmark. And then we cut to Dio putting his hand on his birthmark. What? What? Dio? He's in the shadows. He's backlit. He's like talking about... Well, actually, the first thing he says is, I was weakened because I was just ahead. <laughs> yeah. 
bit obvious on that front. I was weak once. Because I was ahead. And then there's this amazing moment. He says, um, if I hadn't stolen Jonathan Joestar's body, and then he sort of brings his arms up, strikes an amazing pose, and just all these water drops go everywhere. Not even bodybuilder pose. It's just, here I am. Yeah, it's like model, mo- like model doing a shoot pose. 80s music video. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dancing in the rain. Exactly like dancing in the rain, but far more muscles. Yeah. If I didn't have his energy, I would have had very little. I never could have survived at the bottom of the ocean for a hundred years. As a head? Yep. <laughs> that would have been a bad time. That would have been a terrible time. <laughs> he could have attached himself to like a shark's body. Why didn't he do that? <laughs> uh. But this body itself is like a bond between parent and child, and it seems to connect with his descendants, and we see shots of... All the other descendants. Yes. Down the bloodline. Even little George the Second, so oh. often overlooked. Ah, oh, little old George, who didn't get enough time. It's probably pretty lame anyway. We have skipped one person each time, though. Like, we've kind of skipped Holly a bit. No, Holly was there. No, no, I mean in terms of, um, like, protagonist. Right. Yeah, because we skipped George Jr. Oh, right, I see what you mean. We have never had a Holly. direct father's yeah. son. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And now we've skipped Holly, and it's like, oh, okay. Don't get Fine. To see, don't get to see much of Holly. Don't All get right, to see Holly's well. bizarre adventure. Yeah. What about Holly's bizarre? Maybe Holly went on a rad, cool trip. Yeah. Who knows? She met a Japanese jazz musician, fell in love, exactly. gave birth to a son who hates her now. <laughs> and now she might be going on a bizarre adventure, but we'll never see it. Mm. Now Dio keeps walking and talking. He's like, the Joe stars know about me. We s- he's going upstairs and he like sort of poses halfway up the stairwell, but he's mostly in darkness. So we can't really take it all in. Can we explain this pose in excruciating detail? Because it's incredible. You can try. <laughs> uh, he's sort of, imagine... Oh, he's topless, we should say that. Oh yeah, this entire time he's topless and he's wearing yellow pants. Just to clarify, very low yellow pants. Yes. Mm. So he's walking up these stairs like five at a time mm-hmm. and he's kind of flexing his thigh muscles and his calf muscles just as much as he possibly can. As he's got his hand up to his face, just sort of brushing it to the side, mm-hmm. ensuring that everyone knows that he's there as he's flexing his other arm and his torso as to a god. <laughs> and you just see every single muscle in excruciating graphic detail. <laughs> Which is surprising considering how dark it is. You can't see him. But by god you know that he's working out. We also get a brief shot of like some shadowy minions who I, who I guess he's talking to. Yeah, I couldn't actually make out what they were. Okay, there it's, was it's one little there. one and one, one big one. Okay, so no uh, human head dog cat things. No, no. Okay, All not right. this time. Dodged a bullet on that one. So he keeps going up the stairs, and then he walks past these candelabras that all, one by one, light as he approaches, and then after he passes, all go out at once. Who is his, like, special effects guy? He's the special effects <laughs> guy. He's like, here's the thing. All I want is for this to happen. I have the time to pull this off. Mm-hmm. He spent three years working on these special effects. That's all. Yeah. That's where stands come from. They're all just special <laughs> it's effects. It's all just... Trick of the light. Yep, that's it. Yeah, he's walking up the stairs, the new power that I have acquired by obtaining Jonathan's body. The stand strikes that pose. <gasps> walks past the candelabras. Uh, but the stand also affects the bodies of his descendants. Which I think is a clunky Ooh. way of translating, they also have stands. Sure, yep. I'm, I'm willing to believe that. Since... And then, now he approaches a mirror here. So we're learning something important about vampires in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. That they have reflections. But here's the thing, vampires don't have reflections. In this story they do. He's like, oh, the advantages and disadvantages of fate come hand in hand. That's inevitable, I suppose. I'm so, I'm so cultured and refined with my, my introspection. Anyway, and my sweet abs. Better have someone kill all the Joe stars. <laughs> 
I can't see my beautiful bod, but I know it's beautiful nonetheless. Yeah, that's the real shame of being a vampire, that you can't admire your beautiful bod in the sunlight ever again. Uh, you can't see yourself as a perfect being ever again. Mm, you know? Precisely. You, have, you will never be able to see your back. You just can't see your back. I mean, he has a reflection, so... Oh yeah, he can see... Well, I guess he can see his back in this universe. Yeah, alright, fine. He can see his yeah. back. Yeah. He can get two mirrors, that's fine. <laughs> what if it only works on one mirror? Oh, okay. Yeah. Two mirrors, that's it, can't see your back. That'd be really good for, like, plotting, um... You know how in, like, action movies there'll always be a moment where, um... Someone lump- jumps out and the person tries to shoot them, but it turns out they're shooting the mirror? Yeah. Or, hang on a minute, we already knew vampires didn't have reflections, because that's how Joseph tricks Straitso with the mirror. Hey, Wait, when does he trick Straitso with the mirror? As soon as Straitso sees him in the restaurant, he shoots him with eye lasers. Yeah! But it turns out he's facing the wrong way because he doesn't have a reflection. But he's not Dio. True. Jonathan's body isn't vampiric. That's pretty tenuous at best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It might be that Dio, because he had the stone mask, he's not actually a literal vampire like the rest of them. Straitso used the stone mask. Shit. No, um, Shit. It's, just a thing. it's just a thing. It's fine. It's fine, guys. It's minor <laughs> detail that may lead to an explicit detail later. No, it's fine. Okay. Dio is just so sort of into himself. He needs to go the extra mile and be able to see himself <laughs> in the mirror. He literally was like, you know what? I'm going to get this body that I can see in the mirror because I need this. <laughs> I mean, I need this. What he, if, he just just down at his own body. What if that's his stand? Stand lets himself be seen in the mirror. Yeah. Lets himself be seen in any mirror. <laughs> And then anyone that sees him in the mirror is like, oh! It's like a sort of Candyman stand. It's beautiful. They are stricken, wordless, breathless. Back at the Cujo house. <laughs> oh, God. Joseph and Abdul are, ma- are making tea and coffee. Uh, and then we get some beautiful casual racism. Yeah, Joseph, like, hates the tea ceremony. And he's like, instant coffee's good enough for me. And then he makes it in a really Japanese way with, like, this, like, bowl cup and this brush. To yeah. Mix it. And then he takes a sip and he's like, ugh, Japanese coffee is terrible. Uh, that's American coffee, Abdul responds. And Joseph doesn't really acknowledge it. He's like, uh, uh, Anywho, now that we know Dio exists, it's safe to assume he knows we exist. Which we have just seen, he does. Yep. But we don't know what he's going to do or what his powers are. So, what should we do? Who knows? Then that thing that goes doink, goes doink. <laughs> the thing that goes doink? You know doink? that thing that they have in Japanese backyards? The bamboo yeah. water feature? Yeah. Yeah. It goes doink. <laughs> <laughs> The thing that goes doink. I think that's often used in like Japanese media as like a almost like how we would use like a uh, brum No, I think it can. I be. thought it was like the exact opposite, where it was like really dramatic moment doink. I don't think so. It, well, I mean, it is in Kill Bill. Yeah, it's not Japanese media though. Shit, shit. <laughs> He's seen through me. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have yeah. to look that up. Yeah. But we won't. Yeah. Viewer correspondence. No, that's fine. Oh, okay. All right, fine. <laughs> You get enough emails as is. Mm, I can go. I can take some more. Viewer correspondence. I, I'm, I have complex needs. <laughs> At the school nurse's office. Yep. Jojo's there. He's uh, having his leg bandaged up. By the sexy nurse. The sexy school nurse. Yep. She's like, oh, have you been in another fight, Jojo? Also, take off that hat. <laughs> and he's just lounging backwards in this chair. He's got his legs folded and he's just like, whatever. Hands in his pockets, probably. Yeah. One arm over the chair, hands in pockets yeah. somehow. And these other two guys are just lounging in beds, being like, come on, Jojo's never gotten hurt in a fight. Come on, why don't you help us, lady? Yeah, come on. Hot for teacher stars playing by Van Halen. (laughs) Yep. So then, and she's like, you have a point, Jojo has never been hurt in a fight. I won't help I like how sort of chill she is. She's like, oh, Jojo, you always fight people, but, you know, whatever. You never get hurt. And these guys just hanging out in my office, I'm going to prove they're not sick. 
So she gets like a thermometer out and well, she's like, come first on, guys. She's, first, she's going to cut off Jojo's pants to treat his wounds. Oh, yeah. And he's like, um, no, I'm just going to take them off. And she's that, like, that seems like a waste of good pants. Yeah. Oh, you're so stingy, Jojo. Oh, well, while he's taking off his pants, I'll take your temperatures and prove you're not ill. And they're like, no, we're ill. Let us go home from school early, please. Even though we look, as I keep saying, like we're 40. They really do look 40, though. They've like got those pompadours and one has like a flat top. It's just hanging out on these beds. They have a lot of wrinkles as well. Like a lot of wrinkles. (laughs) And she's like, nope. Anyway, so at this point, Jojo opens up his coat and the handkerchief from earlier falls out. And he's like, oh. And he picks it up and there's just this huge note on it that I don't know how he didn't notice before. He just opens it up slightly and then boom. It says, Jotaro Kujo, I will kill you today with my stand from Noriaki Kakuin. And like, all of the kanji. Yeah. All of the like, dramatic lines. Like, what? And then the other guys are like, hey, nurse, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm just getting the thermometer ready. Can't just you see? waving around this really sharp fountain pen. It's like, don't you guys get it? It's a thermometer. That That's a pen, lady. No, it's a thermometer. A pen? Did you say a pen? Does this look like a pen to you? How stupid can you be? And at this point we see she has like, Weird, unfocused eyes and is frothing at the mouth. Like, um, like Susie Q style. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Or, who's another person that's been possessed? Um, well, actually, this sort of segues into something I was going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these early, a lot of the stand battles in part three, particularly the first half, are sort of homages to Western horror movies and stuff. Yeah. And while this one is less specific than some later ones, I think, obviously, you've got things like The Exorcist, or I think, is Rosemary's Baby one of those sort of things? I'll say yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and possession is, of course, sort of well-worn um, horror horror trope. Yep. So, yeah, that's something to look out for in the near future. Huh. Homages huh. to horror films. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I look forward to seeing you know, you know, our man Araki's a big horror guy. Oh, yeah. He did make an entire part that was basically horror. Dracula. Yeah. What's happening? Uh, she's waving around. Uh, waving oh, yeah. Around. And she's like, if this, looks like a, if this thermometer looks like a pen to you, you better have a better look at it. And then stabs him in the eye. <gasps> um, Jotaro also briefly saw some sort of, like, green snaky thing going up her back. Yeah, up her dress. Yeah. By the way, that, well, that was no, a No, up her lab coat. Yeah, she's, her, wearing, she's wearing pants. Up her skirt. No, she's wearing pants, isn't she? No, she's not wearing pants. Okay. Dude, I think I know a thing or two about... Pants. Typical sexy 80s nurses. <laughs> she's wearing a skirt. Okay. It's a grey skirt, goes down to her knees... Boom. Well, who will be the judge of that? I'm pointing at myself right now. Okay. Yeah, so he saw that go up. This guy now, gets stabbed in the eye. It's pretty brutal. Why don't you have a better look for yourself in the eye where I'm stabbing you? Ha ha. Pun. I wonder what's going through her head when she does the... Or if anything is, in fact. Probably, oh shit, I'm being possessed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I miss- maybe it's like hypnotism. Yeah, maybe. Where she's seeing everything, but yeah. It's sort of like a dream. Yeah. So, yeah, she jabs him in the eye, then we get one of those title cards where it's like, Standmaster, Noriaki Kakuin, stand name, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yep, so there we have the stats that I can't remember. Yep, and, and don't matter. And they're just like, woo! It's like a breeding Pokemon, you know, you get that um six-pointed array. Oh, yeah, cute power, fight, whatever thing. <laughs> yep, cute power and fight, the Pokemon stats. How you doing? So she's like, Jojo, you're not going to say this looks like a pen, are you? And then tries to stab him in the face, and he sort of catches it, and it... With his hand, not ever, stand. Yeah, digs ever so slightly into his cheek. And he's just like, what? She's How so is she strong? strong? This isn't a woman's strength. I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. I'm just going to let it go at this point. I mean, it's half true, sure. He's like, I saw something earlier. Was that a stand? Was it Kakyoin? Did he cut my leg on the stairs? And then this is a great moment because we hear precisely the camera sort of zooms out from Jojo 
and pans slightly to the right, and Kakuin is just there sitting in the windowsill. He's got like one leg up. Yeah, he's, he's just his, like, well, hey, his there. back to the sill, and like his, you know, the his rest legs. of his body on the lower part of it. Yeah, and he's just like, well, hey there, Jojo. Be a shame if someone were to show up. Short time, no see. <laughs> Such a cocky asshole. If there's more puns like this, I'm gonna be so happy. So he's like, my stance possessed that nurse is controlling her, and he has this um one of those wooden um string puppets. Yeah, with like the um. The, the cross the, on the, the top. Yeah, the cross with various strings coming off that control various joints. Yep. Uh, that would imply that he is some kind of puppet master mm, yes. with his stand. Ah, how, rather, rather. How visually obvious. <laughs> and he's like, attacking my stand is going to mean that nurse is going to hurt Jojo. And he's like, who the hell are you? And he's like, I told you, I'm Noriaki Kakyoin. Finger guns. <laughs> Noriaki Kakyoin. He says, the name of my stand is Hierophant Green. What is a hierophant? So... Or a hierophant? Alright, let's do this now. I plan to do this in the next title card, but that's fine. <laughs> it's like, I plan to do this later, Nick, you shit. <laughs> is it pronounced hierophant or hierophant? Hierophant, I think. Hierophant. H-I-E. But, like, that's like air. So, um, in the tarot, mm-hmm. uh, the hierophant is sometimes sometimes known as the Pope. It represents, like, the religious leadership. Okay. Or the male religious leadership, because there's also a high priestess. The Hierophant is the fifth card in the Major Arcana. Okay. Uh, to quote LearnTarot.com. There's going to be a lot of this. <laughs> yep. The Hierophant often represents learning with experts or knowledgeable teachers. This card also stands for institutions and their values. The Hierophant is a symbol of the need to conform to rules or fix situations. Mm. His appearance in a reading can show you that you are struggling with a force that is not innovative, free-spirited or individual. Groups can be enriching or stifling depending on the circumstances. Sometimes we need to follow a program or embrace traditions. Other times we need to trust ourselves. Based, Speaks both ways. And I think yeah. based on probably what you've seen in this episode, you can probably imagine that probably reflects quite well on Kakyoin's arc early yeah. in this part. Yeah. He's Considering under- he's got some sort of mind slug, slug yeah. thing in him and also he's hanging out with all the other protagonists in the OP. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like maybe he's... Uh, oh, what was the bit about rules and having to stick by them? Conforming to uh, institutions. Yeah, it feels like you might be conforming to a struggling with a force that is not innovative yeah, or free spirited. Yeah. yeah, like a like a certain someone that we yeah, know, someone yeah. who sort of wants to take over the world. Yeah, and likes looking at himself and in the mirror. Is evil. Yeah, and is named Dio Brando or not anymore. <gasps> Dio Joestar? No, just Dio. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the Hierophant is opposed by the fool, which uh, can represent crazy or unorthodox behaviour. Is that what Joseph's is? <laughs> oh, no. That makes sense, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it really would. <laughs> I hate Japanese coffee. That's American coffee. What? what? I'm such a fool. Oh, that was the thing that goes doink. Nice. <laughs> and also the lovers, which emphasises personal beliefs as opposed to, like, institutionalised... I really stuff. hope, I really desperately hope that Holly has a stand and that's it. It's just lovers. We'll see. Mm. And it's reinforced by the Emperor, which sort of signifies following the rules. Emperor. Okay. Yeah. All right. Note to self, tarot cards have paper, rock, scissors. Or paper, scissors, rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. Should we talk about Kakuin and Hierophant in general while we're at this? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. So I've got, got, got the note here for, uh, for Kakyoin, as I usually do. As always, feel free to interrupt. Okay. I thought, a lot, thought up all of the Joestar troopers as a set. I decided on the right balance from the start so that their appearance, personality, fashion, and stands did not overlap. For me, it was very important for their silhouettes to be recognisable. Still, my editor at the time told me, from this silhouette, no one has a round-shaped head, so everyone must be pretty straightforward. <laughs> I thought to make Kakyoin the uh, thin, somewhat sensitive one of the group. I'm sorry, somewhat sensitive? Yeah. Okay. I mean... All right. Consider what he would look like if he wasn't in the um, the Jojo 
everyone's super buff style. Like, he would be that sort of pretty boy with the long hair who was, like, kind of quiet. And the earrings, etc. Yeah. I mean, Jojo has earrings, too. I suppose... As does Abdul. Yeah, as does Abdul. As does most people in Jojo's, really. Mm, Joseph doesn't, I think. Did cars have earrings? Don't think so. I can't remember. Ooh. Don't correct me on that. I don't care. Yeah. They all had a lot of... Actually, no. They, all the Pillar Men had a lot of piercings, didn't they? They did. Although Kakyoin is the only Japanese in Part 3 besides Jotaro, I wasn't particularly specific about his uh, nationality. What was most of note was his name. I always think of both the first and last names together as a set. His last name, Kakyoin, I took from a place in my hometown of Sendai. It's a place that I always pass through on my way to Sendai Station. So it's a name of a place very dear to me. And I, so I made it... And then he's got some characters here that I can't read... Mm-hmm. But it says, note, uh, Kakyoin's first name, which can either be read as Noriaki or Tenmei. First name to go along with Kakyoin as a last name. Officially, it has become Noriaki, but I've always thought of him as Tenmei. I'm sorry, how can you have Tenmei or Noriaki? Just the way the uh, Japanese written language works. Is it? With kanji. I thought... Oh, with you kanji. characters that you can uh... read in a couple of ways. Oh, yeah, true. Okay, never mind. Yep. Kanji is very complicated. Mm. Yes, I yes, as I understand it. Yes. <laughs> it also gives uh, Japanese a great metaphorical uh, basis. Because uh, as Kieran was explaining to me, I am Setsuna. Friend of the show, Kieran. Yeah. He uh, he was saying that I am Setsuna actually has like four different meanings. Just because you could read it as I am Setsuna, I am the wind, or like two other ways. Okay. And I was like, oh. Is this a common phrase? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think it's just like, it comes from a poem or a haiku right. or something. Right, right. And they were just like, there you go. See? And you're like, cool. So many meanings. <laughs> yep. I didn't really have a chance to draw it in the comic, but Kakyoin is a high school student that goes to the same school that Jotaro does. He did transfer here. Yeah. During day. this part, you can sense that although they become friends, there is still a sense of distance. But I wonder how it would have been like if they didn't have the stand abilities as common ground. Considering their personality types, they probably would not have become friends. Laughs. <laughs> okay. And then there's a question here, because there's always a question at the end of these. Okay. Did you consider not giving Kakuin a school uniform to make him contrast more with the main character? Since Kakuin is an honor student type, I gave him a prim and proper uniform. Jotaro is a hoodlum, so his uniform was hanging open. Having them both wear the same outfit differently makes the differences in character more pronounced. I think I also distinguished them by giving Jotaro accessories. <laughs> like that chain you're so fond of. Yeah, that chain. Ooh, boy! <laughs> Do you know if anyone else likes the chain? Jotaro does. I know Jotaro does. <laughs> and now I have some notes here about Hierophant. Okay. The right. stand. The stand Hierophant, not the tarot Hierophant. Yes, okay. correct. <laughs> okay. Although I wasn't particular about the fact that Kakuin is Japanese, I purposely made him the foil to Jotaro. The reason why I made Kakuin Jotaro's first actual opponent in a stand versus stand battle is because I wanted to convey to the readers the concept of a long-range stand and a short-range stand. As a long-range stand, I decided to pick Kakuin's Hierophant Green, stretching out in stands, strands rather, so that Ooh. both Jotaro and Kakuin's differences can be easily comprehended when compared to Jotaro's stand. Okay. I had many ideas of how to depict long-range attacks, but in order to not have it turn into anything goes right from the start, I was careful to emphasise that the stands equal... This is really poorly translated. I was careful to emphasise that stands equal manifests and stands next to the user, is what it says here, which is not a sentence. I care to disagree. (laughs) So I feel like, as you've seen in this episode, Mm -hmm. it sort of throws a lot of concepts out there for what Hierophant Green can and can't do. He does that thing with the painting. He's got that sort of puppet possession thing yeah. going on. He he mentions that it doesn't like open spaces. Yeah, he, he whatever did, that means. He does those um those tentacle strand attacks. Yep, yep. And uh, he has the um the emerald splash, as we'll see in a bit. Yeah. And I don't think this is giving too much away because it's just a weird sort of teething problem with early stands. The only one that really of those is that really sticks around in a big way is the emerald splash. Huh. So he's... Okay. No possession? No... 
it kind of comes up in the future, but really nothing at all like it is in this. Right. Maybe because it would be evil to possess people. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, he can't do whatever he did with that painting, and that puppet never comes up again either. Oh. So there's a lot of there's a lot of conceptual stuff going around here. Trying to make us think Hierophant Green is interesting when really it just vomits chaos emeralds at you. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking maybe uh, the painting wasn't even anything to do with the stand. It was just him being like, just hit him here. And the stand was like, can do, maybe, boss. But I, I also you. feel like that has some very specific sort of... Because you know, we're talking about the sort of psychic powers stuff yeah. here. And obviously possession, it has possession going for it in this episode. But I also feel like there's some sort of... Um, voodoo isn't the right word. But like how, you know, with like a voodoo doll, you've know, constructed an image of someone and what you do to that image affects the person. Yeah. I feel like there's some sort of... Um, Parallel. Yeah, yeah, in psychic powers with that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, no. <laughs> As an expert in psychic powers... But you see what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How it's like, there would be a psychic equivalent to a voodoo doll-esque. Yeah. Like, have this happen to that person thing. Like, sort of damaging someone by proxy. Yeah. Or by, like, damage, like, sort of picture of Jory and graying them. Yeah. Although <laughs> the reverse of that, because that, the picture ages and he doesn't. <laughs> so it's a bad metaphor. Where were we? Uh, Pacuin's there, he's like, hey, let's fight. Yes. Hierophant Green is my stand. Uh, I work for Dio, and I'm going to kill you. And Jodoro is all like, "What?" Oh, and he also says, "If you um attack my stand, you'll hurt the nurse." So yes. Jotaro does a pretty baller move at this point. You got to give him props for it, I guess. What? In so the... he's been grappling with the nurse this whole time. Yeah. By this point, she's been like lunging around so wildly that like her shirt has basically half come off. Mm-hmm. So he... okay, let's let's not pretend that that was not entirely intentional at that point. Just to be like, you know what? It's a sexy nurse. Let's just roll with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm t- just talking in-universe, but oh. that's, this is all... Everything that happens is deliberate on the part of the author. Oh, my, yes. No, but um, I just love the fact that... So he goes in. He um he throws her arm away, grabs her by the back of the head. And just goes in for the kiss. Yeah, it's and a then... shot that almost sort of mimics the um, Dio kissing arena shot. And I feel like there's a very similar musical sting that plays. Mm. Um, but the beautiful thing is... As soon as he goes in for the kiss, we get the typical 80s moment of, well, boobs got to bust open. There we go. Shirt unbuttons. <laughs> yeah. Bam! Well, I mean, that had already been like that in the previous shot. Had just it? that it was more pronounced here. Oh, yeah. Well, this is just like, boom! I'm just saying, very 80s, where it's just like, oh no, breast. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. And then we get well, like a close-up shot on the quote-unquote kiss, and mm. Jotaro clenches his jaw, and there's a biting sound. <gasps> because, oh, she had her mouth open previously and he could see, like, glowing yellow eyes Like a little green her mouth. thing. Yeah. yeah, so that's why he did this. And then as he reels away... Yeah, um, his stand manifests and clenched in his stand's teeth is the head of Hierophant Green. <gasps> and he reels his head back and pulls the long snake-like stand from the nurse's mouth. Fucking ten out of ten. So I guess this is our first real good look at Hierophant Green. It's like, um... He's got a weird mask thing. Yeah, it's like a sort of Bane mask. Yeah. And then, like, there's a sort of metal exoskeleton around sort of almost liquid-like energy. Hmm. And he's uh, basically just all green and, and white. It flows down to a sort of long tail. Which is still inside the nurse at this point. Yeah, uh, but it yeah. gets pulled out momentarily. Yeah. He's, he's just pulling it out like a like series of handkerchiefs, <laughs> yeah. like a magician. Like so many handkerchiefs out of a clown's sleeve. Hang on, wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> so Jojo's like, you're going to regret that. And Jojo's like, nah I don't regret shit, buddy. Jojo's stand grabs Hierophant Green by the head and exerts pressure. And you can see that pressure in the shape of a fingerprint on Kakyoin's forehead. And it starts squishing him. Jojo's like, I'm going to, uh, you know, if you resist, I'll crush your head like a melon. If you don't, I'll take you home and show you to my grandpa. 
And uh, I think at this point, Kakuin's all like, you fool. Well, at you this will point, regret this. We get a shot of Kakuin from the back, hmm. and the window behind him is swinging ominously, and then suddenly it swings closed, and the room is shrouded in darkness through the clear window. <laughs> Look, Kakuin's presence has blotted yes, out Yes, precisely, the sun. yes. Oh. And at this point, you notice that there's some sort of like bright green goo dripping from, from his hands, from Hierophant Green's hands. Hey, what could it be? Well, Kakuin's like, I told you you'd regret this, and then he manipulates the puppet so it points at Jojo. And, well, there's a lot of sparkles, the goo sort of increases in pressure, mm-hmm. Hierophant Green holds his hands together, and it just shoots out all these emeralds at Jojo. Don't know why he needed the fluid to do that, but yeah. sure. So this is the emerald splash attack, uh, Hierophant Green's main form of offense. It just literally shoots sharp emeralds. Puts his hands together and just, like, shits diamonds at you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, they hit to platinum, his test, his chest is dented in a pretty visceral looking way. It looks like it cut it, like, right through, you know? Like, one of the emeralds just went straight through. Oh, I, I, I sort of got the more impression that it was like if you, um, if you, like, smashed a stone, like a stone oh. plate, it's, like, sort of fragmented. Oh, okay. Alright. Either way. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the stand and Jojo fly backwards, smash through a wall, and that sort of breaks their fall. Might I just add... The wall gets broken by them. Yeah. These things sort of uh, shonky contractors that mean that our schools are always falling apart. You know what I'm saying? He's a high school student that just <laughs> fell through a wall. It was all just drywall, though. There was no there was no weight behind it. <laughs> it was meaningless, you know. It's not really It was one of, those, um, one of those Japanese paper walls you yeah. see in the traditional rooms. That was made out of concrete. Yeah. Kakuin gloats, you know. Um, I'm the best. He explains what the Emerald Splash is in a way that doesn't really explain what it is. Yeah, he really doesn't, does I've got it? the quote here. Okay. What looked like the bodily fluids of my stand, Hierophant Green, was a vision of destructive energy. It pierced through your stand's chest, therefore your insides have been torn to shreds. I'm sorry, you can't use that word therefore like that. Just saying. Well, I feel like we're going to get a lot of therefore in the next It just means episodes. it was like a ranged attack made of energy. It looks like diamonds. <laughs> ah, and goo. And goo. Chaos emeralds. Yeah, just that one Chaos Emerald that's been yeah, shattered. The, the green Chaos Emerald. Oh, oh, the Master Emerald. The Master Emerald. Oh, Kakuin better watch out or Knuckles is going to be up on his ass. <laughs> Knuckles runs in. It's like, yo, Jotaro, I got you, fam. <laughs> but then, uh, much like Dr. Eggman, Kakuin is like, no, Knuckles. Jotaro is the one who stole the Emerald. And Knuckles is like, what? I believe this without question. And then he just fucking pounds Jotaro. Anyway, this is my um, my Sonic Jojo crossover fanfiction. <laughs> If you would like to know more, email us at jojo.com. Yeah. At this point, the nurse also sort of explodes in blood because it's revealed that Hierophant Green hurt her as retalia- retaliation when it was being pulled out. <gasps> Dick move. Yeah. He says, um, my stand can reach further than yours, but it doesn't like open spaces. It prefers to hide within something. If you drag it out, it gets angry. That's why when it came out of, throat, it came out of her throat, it hurt her. Ooh. So it's your fault, Jojo. This is your responsibility. This, I feel like this sort of gloating is a, another very sort of Japanese thing where the person who is actually the person who's done harm to someone is like, you made me do this. Yeah, look, I feel like it's trying to out-logic them. Mm. Where they're like, how dare you make me do this to them? It's Kakuin your fault. does a lot of that sort of annoyingly over-logical stuff in this episode. Because in a bit, he's like, um, oh, I'm evil, am I? No, history is written by the victor. So if I win, I'm the good guy. 
Yeah, he kind of goes for that and then it very quickly fades into nothingness. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, but don't you get it? History is written by the victor, therefore they're the correct ones. And Jotaro's like, no, that's dumb and also I win. Yeah. But anyway, uh, before we get to that, uh, Jotaro sort of stands up in a sort of agonizingly slow manner and he sort of gives his manifesto. Yeah, the manifesto isn't that long though. No. He says, uh, I, Jotaro Kujo, am labelled a punk. I tend to overdo it with my opponents in fights. And we just see him in, like, the streets kicking the shit out of some guy. It looks like artwork for a Yakuza game. Yeah. Um, Oh, and also the next shot, which is perfect. So much that some of them are still in the hospital. There was one idiot teacher who was all talk, so I taught him a lesson. He hasn't come back to school. And the teacher's just on the ground being like, oh, no. And And just, like, in a chair leaning back. And then the next shot. At restaurants that serve me lousy food, I leave without paying the bill all the time. And he's just walking away from a full meal that's on the table. A lovingly prepared sort of steak and mashed potato. And he's just walking away and there's a guy at the counter being like, Hey, how can you walk away? But even I know nauseating evil when I see it. He clenches his fist. There are sparkles everywhere. Colour palette shifts so that the chain on his shirt is purple and uh, his shirt is green. No, reverse that. The shirt is purple and the chain is green. Yep. Evil is when you use the weak for your own gain and crush them under your foot. And then there's a weird shot here where when it's happening, it looks like he's moving quickly to the side because his eyes and like uh, the points of his collar and a couple of other facial features are sort of glowing with light that's moving to the right of the screen. Yeah. But then in the immediately following shot, he's just standing in front of Kakuin pointing at him. (laughs) Well, hey man, you got to point to people. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, that's exactly what you've done. And Kakuin is like, nah, I'm the good guy because... Oh, first, um, we get the title of this episode. Taken a while. Because Jotaro declares that as Kakyoin's stand isn't visible to the law or his victim, uh-huh. Jotaro will judge him. Then he straightens his hat in a really cool moment. And it's like, shing! Yeah. And then, yeah, Kakyoin's like, nah, um, moral relativism, man. Like, I think I'm good and I'm going to beat you, so fuck you. Fuck your shit. I have the higher ground. Uh, method is... doesn't matter. Like, the ends justify the means. Terrible logic. Terrible logic. And Jotaro is like, only a Sith deals in absolutes. I have the higher ground. You already said that. I know, but I just have to reinforce it because it's a meme now. Kakyoin jumps over Jotaro's head. Jotaro cuts his limbs off with his lightsaber and leaves him to die. Uh, we basically slow pan up. Kakyoin later gets a doom fortress on that same planet. Uh, Jotaro leaves and go talks to Holly, who has had two more children. Yep. She dies in childbirth. Uh, thus leading to Jojo Part 4, uh, A New Hope. I'd watch it. Yeah, watch that shit. We're doing a lot of sort of weird fanfiction this episode. Look, look, it's a very fanfic part, isn't it? We've got stands, we've got characters. The fight continues. Um, uh, kind yes. of. Hierophant Green shoots out all these tendrils from the sort of metal bowl chest piece it has. Yeah. Uh, it's they... kind of like Super Saiyan armour, except it's mm. literally built into him. I don't him. know if I really see the resemblance so much as... It reminds me of... Have you played Overwatch? Okay. But I'm probably you know character designs? Probably. You know Tracer? Yes. You know tr- Tracer here? Oh, I know Tracer. Yeah. The uh, cavalry's arrived! Yeah. Cheers, love! Other things that Chase Tracer says. <laughs> um, she has this sort of chest piece that... Keeps st- her stabilis- time, Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it sort of has a sort of a resemblance to that in shape to me. Yeah, Though without does. the glowing centre bit. And it's got a whole bunch of weird things coming off it that are also white metal yeah, things. Yeah, sort of that, that sort of exoskeleton yeah, that I was talking about yeah. earlier. So these tendrils chase after Jojo. He runs with his hands, like, still in his pocket. Like, he's just not ha- caring. A fucking badass And he move. leaps, jumps onto the blackboard on the wall and leaps off it as all the tendrils smash into it behind him. Sneaky. He jumps around Kakyoin and kicks a desk at him. Ho, ho. And the tendrils break off their assault to crush that desk. And then he just stands there and lets them grab him. My god. So that, that was fun. 
What an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those things that you used to see a lot in old comics, and you still do occasionally, mm-hmm. where like the fight scene is happening, and almost as if the fight isn't happening, the two antagonists are monologuing at each other about their philosophies as they're punching each other in the face and stuff. It's like Captain America is like, um, no, I believe in the freedom and the American way. And the Red Skull is like, no, but authoritarianism is the right thing. And it is sort of punching each other in the face. Giving quite good points both ways. Yeah. While also beating each other to a pulp. Yeah. Jotaro lets himself be grabbed. The kanji all says grabbed. <laughs> Kataka- just, the katakana, sir. The katakana really is just going off yeah. in this part, isn't it? It's Once once you have it translated, you realise it's all very literal. Yeah. At first I was like, oh man, it's so symbolic. And I was like, no, no, no this is just what's happening right now. It says, it's what? It. The user is evil? And then Kakyoin prepares another emerald splash. And says, well, in that case. And then the stand emerges. Jotaro's stand. You're the evil one after all. And <gasps> we're working with a cool colour palette here where Jojo's stand is sort of a yellowy orange mm-hmm. and Kakyoin's is purple. Yep. And then, uh, you know, Jojo's stand just grabs him by the throat and shakes him real good. In that really like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah. makes this what? noise. He yeah. makes this noise. Um, yeah. It's written as aura, aura, aura. O-R-A, O-R-A, O-R-A. And this is like his battle cry. Whenever he's like unleashing a fat flurry of punches, he's making that noise. Like that. Yeah. Kind of missed it after the third one. Fuck you, I did. That was perfect. <laughs> it's like, how dare you diminish yeah. my battle cry? Now, I've also read that um, aura is, can be sort of interpreted as a derivative of the Japanese phrase hora, H O R A, which okay. means like, you know, let's go, or like, yeah, you know, yeah. like a noise we would make. So every time he punches someone, he's trying to hype everyone else Yeah, up. basically. He's just... Shit, yes. In a lot of the early manga um, of Stardust Crusaders, um, Jojo's stand was drawn with like a really like vibrantly expressive face in like d- deep contrast to Jotaro being so stoic. Yep. And, you know, I guess that could be sort of symbolic of like him expressing his like inner hypeness at how cool this is. <laughs> really, his inner child is there being all like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. Shit, yeah. <laughs> Did that change later on in the manga? Because here, it's um, like he's never happy. Yeah, it becomes sort of less pronounced as it goes, <sighs> I think. But it's still a fun little thing, I think. Yeah. Deep down, is a really cool guy. So, there's a cool moment where he's, he's, shook, he's shook him. Kakuin has similarly been shook on account of the transfer of, of damage. Shaken, if you will. Yeah, sure. Not stirred. Precisely. And then he raises his hand. And one by one, he clenches each of his fingers. <laughs> And brings it in for, like, one really slow-mo punch. Mm. And we see the result of that punch in super slow-mo as it hits, like, his cheekbone and his eye. And it, like, slowly cracks a few yeah, things. Yeah, and, like, some fragments fly off. And then we see the result on... Uh, oh, I don't think we see that. Kakuin. Come on, say it, say it. Get those neurons firing. Kakuin. Close enough. <laughs> Kaku- Is it Kakyo or Kakyu? Kak- yeah, Kak- look at the spelling. Kakyoin. Okay, Kakyoin. Kakyoin, yeah. Kakyoin, yep. And then we, you know, that punch, that looked pretty intense. He must be like... Fucked. Yeah. And then we cut away from the slow-mo sequence as just a flurry of those same punches are being <laughs> unleashed. And he's just there be like, fuck you! Yeah. And finally there's a huge uppercut and Hierophant Green is smashed into the ceiling. The puppet breaks off the strings. All the nearby windows in the school explode. Uh, the wall basically cracks a little. Yep. And a huge volume of blood just flies out of all of Kakyoin's body and he falls over. Wow, he must be dead now. What a powerful stand. And Jojo's like, you caught my stand by surprise and hurt its chest a little, but lucky for me it's not weak. But I have a feeling it'll become more violent. That never goes anywhere. Shit. Okay. 
At this point, he approaches the nurse, crouches down and inspects her, and is basically like, she'll be fine. <laughs> her wounds will heal. She's lost a lot of blood. She'll be fine. And an alarm starts, and someone's like, was that a gas explosion from the nurse's office? And he's like, well... That's a plausible reasoning. Better get out of here. Yeah. Picks up Kakyoin, hops out the window, and we just see him sort of walk. It looks like he's walking into the sunset almost, although it's yeah. like midday. And the best part is... No, probably not even midday. He just walked to school and went to the nurse's office. Then all this happened. Yeah. I just love the fact that he walked in there, right? Did this battle, and then he's walking out the front door. Yeah. With a possibly dead body on his shoulder. Yeah. Just no one notices. No one notices. People knew that he he's was He's not there. a small guy. Yeah, he's Oh like... yeah, um, those other two guys like ran away in fear after one of their eyes got stabbed out. Understandably. Understandably so, yeah. Although, is it understandable? They were like 40. <laughs> they get arrested on their way out of the school. Ooh. And we never see them again. They are in the cell with those other guys who were sharing Jotaro's cell who we only saw once. Any characters that we never see again, we just assume okay. they go into that yeah. cell. Yeah, at this point, we have another one of those title card breaks where we have Kakuin and Hierophant Green. This, this time is, it's actually named. This is where I had my notes for, um, for Kakuin and Hierophant Green. So let me just skip through them. So, we're back at the ranch now. Back home in the giant mansion of a house yep. that Jotaro lives in. With Holly's mom. doing some housework and, and humming to herself. And Happily, cheerily. Then she has, like, a moment. And she, she turns around and, and looks at this photo of Jojo that's on the mantelpiece. And rushes over and it was like, <gasps> Jojo was thinking about me. I know it. We just had a... Do you think this happens, like, five times a day for her? Probably. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, he was thinking of me right now. I know it. He's yeah. so happy. I know it. Deep down inside, he's thinking of me. And then Jojo walks by the open door and is like, I'm not thinking about you. Shut up, bitch. And she's like, what? Why aren't you at school? Who's that guy you've got slumped over your shoulder? Why is he covered in blood? Did you do that to him? And he's like, I'm looking for Grandpa. <laughs> I'm looking for Joseph right now, okay? Yeah. This is this is nothing for you to be concerned yeah. about. Oh, well, Joseph's in the tea room with Avdol. Gotcha, I'm outie. Later. And she has like a moment, it's like, why didn't you ever tell me anything, son? We used to be so close. Oh, but deep down I know you're a sweet boy. And then he turns around and goes, hey, you're looking pretty pale this morning. Maybe you should go get it checked out. And she... Peace. She says in what is complicated for her character, because it is... Clearly, someone whose first language is Japanese speaking English. Okay, yeah. But she was born in America. Yes. And she says, yay, fine, thank you. <laughs> uh, so weird. And then so he walks weird. away and she's like, I knew it. He's my good boy. He now thought... I'll never stop doting on him. He thought I was pale. That's a good sign. The thing that goes doink goes doink. <laughs> the bamboo water feature. Yep. And then we are in the tea room, I guess. Uh, Kakuin is on the floor. Joseph's sort of leaning over him and is like, well, he's going to die. Unless we deal with him in like three days. He's dead. Yeah, he's he's going to die in the next few days. It's not your fault, Jojo. Look, this is why he swore fealty to Dio. And then he lifts up a fringe in the hair that wasn't really there before. Because we could see this point on Kakuin's forehead the whole time. Yeah. And there's this sort of gross look at sort of spidery like growth on his forehead. What? A parasite? Like a tick? Yeah, basically. Except much bigger, because it's on a human. It has, like, sort of, like, almost sort of warty skin. Yeah, it's like a bulbous... Uh, saw? Like a yeah. bulbous saw? Yeah, yeah, like a bulbous saw. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you don't cut things with it. And it, like, it, cuts you. If, you ca- if you're not careful, it might get into, like, your um your bloodstream and, like, attach itself to other blood vessels, and mm. then it'll be, like, a, a venous saw. Uh, would that be an intravenous saw? I'm just doing Pokemon puns, Nick. <laughs> don't, don't analyse my puns. I don't know, man. I'm guessing that, like... If it was more planty, it'd be an ivy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because it would still be a sore, but now it'd be plant-like. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Lapras. 
So yeah, that's our to be to continue shot. Basically, Kakyoin's got this growth in his forehead. Yep. Wonder what that could mean. Can what? we can we talk about the egregious Crunchyroll ads? Yes. Okay, we'll get into that now. You've yeah, got, okay. you got a bone to pick. Just fucking what the hell? There's different episode breaks in this than there norm than there was in the last two parts, right? Well, it so, feels like it's going on a intro, mid, and then outro, and then after credits, there's more. Yeah, and yet, but. Okay, it was really bad this episode, yeah. especially because at, uh, previously in the part one and two things, it would usually be one break, probably around the time the OP was starting, yep. then another in around the mid-episode break. Uh-huh. This time, it was start of the video, yep. uh, just before the OP starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there one around the middle? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there was. Then there was one just before Joseph got back to the Joestar house. And then there was one after the episode finished and before the end credits started. Which in this episode were just uh, black titles on a screen because we haven't got the official ending yet. So it's kind of like, uh, not logarithmic, like an exponentially shrinking distance between... between... Eventually it'll just be all ads. Yeah, and we'll be like, man, when Jojo starts again, we're only going to get like one syllable out of this. Yeah. Stan, do you ever wonder if you can join the army? You can with the army. Does join the army. <laughs> And then it, like, goes back to there, and they're like, stat, and then another one plays, and they're like, but we already had... <laughs> yep. Ugh. Anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's the episode. Yep. Something I do want to point out that it occurred to me after I watched, like, three more episodes after we recorded last week's episode, just because uh-huh. I was getting into it. Yeah. Eventually, Joseph's outfit is going to stabilise to what we see him in the OP. Okay. But for these early episodes... He and no one else is changing clothing at a rate people would change clothing, which is really interesting to me. Because, of course... Every other part. People have been changing clothing up until this point. Yeah. But Avdol, Jotaro, I think Holly, too, just wear the outfits they always wear. I mean, Avdol's understandable, because he's come over... He's, he's got he's limited probably, luggage. Yeah, he's probably wearing, Well, I mean, like, so is Joseph. Yeah, I guess. But Joseph isn't exactly bound by, like, any traditional garb or anything. It looks like Avdol's wearing something more... You know, priest-like. Right, okay, I see. Right. Yep. Whereas Joseph is just like, I have this cool nifty sweater. And, and a coat. Of course, Jotaro is wearing his school uniform, even though the most we've seen him go to school is spending a morning in the nurse's office. Yeah, with the sexy nurse who is just giving him shit for getting into fights. Yep. Cool, cool outfit. So that, that's weird to me, though, that, yeah, I don't know, it was like some sort of symbolic relic of the previous parts that makes its way mm. into the start of this one. Because, mm. um... In this episode, he was wearing a sort of green sweater with, like, a pink shirt collar sticking out over it. Yep. And then in the next episode, he's wearing a different outfit, too. Huh. Huh. American overcompensation, maybe? Just flaunting his wealth. Yeah, probably. That's it. I don't know. I just think, I just think there's no, obviously, no real in-universe reason for it. I just think it's an interesting little, um, yeah. little thing. Yeah. Well, we've come to expect supreme outfits here. True, so, true. You know. So, um, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, what are our highlights and lowlights for this one? The, uh, the hand goes... Dun, 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 oh, dun, yeah, dun, the slow punch. clench fist. Yeah, the slow and clenching of the fist. Mm-hmm. Then punching the dude. That's a good moment. Oh, so good. Because it's like, it really just hammers home like, yeah, I got a good stand. Check it. <laughs> Sorry, dude, I'm, I'm just better than you. Also, you get a good shot of his hand this time that has like 30 studs on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, for punching. Yeah, for punching things. Uh, for my highlight... I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take the, um, the actual fall down the stairs. Ooh. That's a cool moment to me. Um, just, it's a, it's him showing like non-combat applications of his stand in that he's using it to break his fall in, in a moment of quick thinking. Yeah. And I also like the subsequent bit where Kakyoin comes down and there's like a lot of tension between them, even though Jotaro doesn't know at the time this guy is evil. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Low light. 
Um, I don't know, do you have anything in mind? I mean, the low light right now is probably that I don't get to see more, but I can't really pick that, can I? No. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, I guess I'll have to just go with the bit where, in the fight, he has the little tentacle bit that adds literally nothing to the fight. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean, sorry. So, you know when Herophant Green shoots out tentacles at Jotaro? Yep. And then he jumps off the blackboard and oh, does yeah, all yeah. that stuff. And then it grabs him. And then it grabs him. It doesn't really add much to the fight the... for the first two jumps. Right, and the grabbing ultimately doesn't really do anything either. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sort of like, haha, I have you now. So it's cool. basically just providing a means for which Jotaro can demonstrate his physical superiority. Yeah, but not even that. It's like, the first attack misses, and then the second attack he grabs a, like, chair... And then that's kind of it. Mm. And you're like, cool, all right. I think I thought it was a fun little action sequence. Yeah, I mean, it's all right, but yeah, just drag it on. Yeah. Either that or the 40-year-olds. <laughs> no, those guys are great. I mean, what are they doing in a school, man? Come on, teach, let us go home. Let us go home. We're sick. Yeah? 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 Don't make us go to our jobs. Yeah? Yeah? We, uh, we have uh, food to pay for. Terrible facial yeah? twitches, too, yeah? by the sound of it. Yeah, we've got doctors to see. <laughs> Anyway, um, for my money, I think I'm going to go a little bit meta and take the fact that uh, the OP is revealing basically the protagonists to you before they are being introduced proper. Yeah. Although when I saw that he was actually there, I was like, what? Hey, what? But also that that um that night guy you quite like the design yeah, of the you, night guy. now you know that he's a thing and when say for example he was introduced in a fairly incidental manner you'd be like oh that's that guy from the OP yeah and that would that would sort of undercut that yeah but at the same time you could say the same thing about um Lisa Lisa true but you were you found her mysterious the whole time and were intrigued yeah. And I'm intrigued by the fact that this guy has a knight thing. Yeah, okay. I don't know who he... I have no idea who he is. I just think that, you know, when we meet him, he'll be an interesting guy. Uh, I once read a, um, a post by someone who got their friend or their girlfriend or something to um, look at the character designs for various Jojo parts and guess what happened? Mm-hmm. And uh, they referred to this knight guy as a uh, Disco Jojo. <laughs> disco Jojo? Yeah, Jojo meets Disco Jojo and then they, they do this thing. Actually, you know what? If he does look a little bit disco-y... Probably not a huge surprise. <laughs> yeah, so those, those are our highlights and lowlights, and I guess we've come to the segment where I'm going to ask uh, you, Nick Ballantyne, <sighs> yep. what do you think is going to happen in the third episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders? I didn't think it would be this hard so quickly, you know? I thought it would be like, oh, you know, get a few episodes in, then it'll start being like, oh, what could possibly happen? But mm. right now I'm like, what the hell's going to happen? <laughs> like, where are they going to take this poor, innocent, concussed child? <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, they're going to do something to remove this thing from Kakuin's head. Yeah, that makes sense. But it won't be as simple as just removing it because there'll be some sort of, like, little condition or something. Oh, yeah. Where it'll be like, oh, well, in order to remove it, we have to go to Egypt or something. <laughs> or Tibet, where the Hamon monks are or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, although Hamon doesn't seem to be playing any part anymore. So It gets a couple of small nods, but for the most part, it's really not a thing. Yeah, so they'll have to go somewhere for that. Joseph will pay for the plane flight or anything. I reckon Holly's gonna become more prominent. I just don't know how. Right. Because it feels like she would just be, like, completely relegated to the sidelines if she wasn't, like, a major character. Mm -hmm. Sort of like uh, Jonathan's dad, how we rarely see him at all. Whereas Holly we've seen in almost every, like... Yeah, that's fair. Half the scenes have probably had Holly in them. So you think she's gonna be of some importance? Yeah, I think she's of minor import. I hope she has a stand. I really do. That would be great. Mm-hmm. If, if she doesn't, it'll just be her ability to, like, cheer people on. I don't know what a tarot card that has a cheer... I don't know. Not a jester, but, like, <laughs> just someone that cheers people on. Oh, yeah. Like, the, um... 
Cheerleader Grey. I don't know. What's the word? Um, The Herald. Yeah, the Herald. Which is is not a tarot. No. Uh, Yeah, so she'll probably help him out there. Uh, And then we'll probably meet this new guy. Disco Jojo. Disco Jojo. On the way to fixing Kakuin. God damn it, it's going to just take a while. That was perfect. Yeah, it's going to take a while to get Kakuin the thing out of his head. Oh, yeah. Uh, So they'll meet him along the way and he'll probably have another thing in his head. Or he'll just be a bit of an ass at first and be like, Hey, what are you doing? It's like, we're going to remove this thing. Oh. Well, I better kill you. Well, I better kill you. Either that or he'll be like, Oh, hey. Did you say Dio? My great-grandfather was killed by a man called Dio. (gasps) It could only be the same person. What if he's from the Zapelli line? Ooh. (gasps) What if Caesar did have a child? I hope that happens. I hope it's like a cousin of the Zapelli family. (laughs) Oh, yes. Maybe we'll meet the Zapelli equivalent. Because Kakuin probably is not the Zapelli equivalent. He's just a dude. It's just like, hey. He certainly is a dude. I am a lithe motherfucker. Whereas Caesar and, um, uh, Led, not Led Zapelli. Will. <laughs> William Zapelli. Uh, were both kind of like, yeah, we have physical strength. We're pretty powerful. We can do things. Let's roll. All uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So that brings happen. us to the end of our episode. How wonderful. Uh, if you like the show, you can correspond with us at jojospodcast at gmail.com or find us at jojospodcast on Twitter or, uh, if you want to help new people find it, we'd really appreciate it if you could give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or other platforms like that that we aren't on at the moment. <laughs> I see nothing, so my chastity will remain intact. Yes. Theme music is Happiest Days by Three Chain Links. And so, I guess until next time... To, to be, be continued. continued.